One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Simply Vegan podcast with me, Holly Johnson, and my co-host, Gabriella Clark. Each week, we discuss the latest vegan news, taste test new products, and chat to some of the leading names in veganism. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the final episode of series two of the Simply Vegan podcast brought to you from Vegan Food and Living magazine. Hi, Gabriella. How are you today? Hi, Holly. Good. Thank you. Last episode of the season. So we've had an amazing season. We've had some fantastic guests who, you know, have been full of knowledge and wisdom about all things vegan and plant-based and nutrition and health. And um, we've learned so much, haven't we? So much. And I just think it's, you know, it's still three years on, never ceases to amaze me just how many different aspects and takes and points of view and tips and nutritional advice there is for somebody living a vegan diet or vegan lifestyle so um yeah amazing season some highlights for me have been um Dr Shireen Kassam and also Dr Laura Freeman they were just brilliant they're both part of the plant-based health professionals um, online, which um, you can actually become a member of, and I'm now a member of. Uh, and also Colette Fox, a nutritionist. Genia De Piero, who's a herbalist. That's a really good one to listen to. If you are new to the podcast, go back and have a listen. And Bosch were really good fun to talk to. Um, I love those guys. And uh, yeah, again, if you're new to veganism, go and check them out. Their recipes are great and and their videos are just kind of just really fresh and fun and full of energy. And and that's what we like. (laughs) Yeah, big Bosch fan over here as well. Really easy to follow. Yeah. So um, one of the things that's come out of this series, I think, is how important health is to our listeners. Uh, Whenever we put out a an interview that's with someone you know a nutritionist or a wellness coach or anyone who's um you know 
sort of pioneering championing veganism for health it's really popular we get lots of downloads so um yeah so we thought we'd share some tips that we've kind of picked up because you know veganism is a journey it's a lifelong journey uh, for most people and you are learning all the time and even though you kind of you know think you've nailed it after a few months or a few years or whatever you're you're always learning new things about how to stay in you know tip-top health so do you want to um tell us about what you've learned this season yeah so I should mention probably that the primary reason I went vegan was for the planet so for environmental reasons and expected there to be some health benefits but um I'm continued to be surprised by how good I feel how you know healthy I am how I'm rarely sick I think there's so many merits health-wise to a vegan diet that I've become more and more passionate about that um, as the years have passed. My biggest thing for me that I've picked up over the um, season is we discussed a couple of episodes ago um, the new study that had come out recommending that everybody, so not just vegans actually, but everybody eat 30 different plants a week. Um, and I know we had a bit of a competition at the time to see. Um, and that week I wrote down a list. So every time I ate a different plant, vegetable, fruit, fresh herb, spice, I just logged it in my phone. And it was so amazing to see the variety that I actually do eat and how varied my diet is, but also a really amazing way to encourage myself to eat more variety. So I think I mentioned before, I could pretty easily get to 30 within the first couple of days of the week, but then notice I was eating much the same thing for the rest of the week. So the same types of fruit and veg in my salad or reaching for the same piece of fruit to have with my breakfast. And so it's really encouraged me to think more, not just about quantity, but variety of food as well. And I think one of the biggest uh, assumptions about a vegan diet is that it's boring and it's repetitive. So anything that you can do to really encourage yourself not to be bored by it is amazing. Yeah, definitely. I think for me, I've I've kind of been doing that. I haven't been logging it. Um, not as organised as you, as everyone probably knows, having <laughs> listened to well, the show. We're logging it because we're getting quite competitive with each other. So <laughs> by a Thursday, I'll say to my partner, I'm on, I'm on 38. How many are you on? <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I um, I think it is so important to mix it up. And I, I find having things in the freezers quite good because I do um, get the organic delivery boxes. You are sometimes mm. quite limited with seasonal things. So it's really good to have like raspberries and blueberries um, and spinach and and even herbs like coriander and stuff in the freezer then you've got all that sort of fresh um, produce frozen you know all the goodness is frozen in and then you can just kind of chuck it in so I find that really handy. Definitely and I think that's a brilliant point actually to consider and especially for me something that I want to take going forward is by eating variety to check in that I am still being aware of eating seasonally because like I say, the main reason I am vegan is for the planet and sometimes eating really out of season fruit or veg that's been flown in isn't the most ethical way to eat. So it's a really good point, Holly, as well. 
Yeah, it's not easy, is it, to tick all the boxes? (laughs) I know. How about you? Well, my tips, um, the smoothies, I have always raved about them. And you know what? Over the last three months, I've really let it slide. I I think it's because it's been winter. Um, I just haven't fancied that kind of cold drink in the morning and I've just let it slip. And I got ill last week for the first time in three years. So I am all over the smoothies again now. I'm, I just chuck in so much and literally pack in, you know, all the, like the flaxseed. Um, I use spirulina powder, protein powder. Um, this morning I put in, I had some carrots with the, with the greens attached. So I, I ripped some of that off and thought, well, that's reducing food waste as well. Stuck that in my, um, blender, my Nutribullet. And um, like I said, chucked all the powders in, um, always put an apple in for sweetness and some cucumber for hydration and spinach, organic baby spinach. And just, yeah, and did like a really nice green smoothie. And it tasted great, especially with you, if you add a little like vanilla protein powder that it kind of really flavors it. Because I know people, a lot of people think, oh, how could you wake up and drink? Oh, and broccoli I put in as well. And it, and it is a bit like really Mm. you're going to drink that first thing in the morning but that's all I had then until lunchtime and that's another thing that I find really really good is um intermittent fasting if you want to call it that I mean you know I don't tend to refer to it as that I just try and listen to my body and I feel like sometimes I just know that I'm just overeating and I feel it makes me feel grouchy because I'm all sort of like Oh, I don't know. I'm just not letting my body just rest and digest my food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm just constantly like, oh, I'll have another snack or especially working from home at the moment with lockdown. And, you know, totally. you just you just your trips to the fridge are sort of the highlight of the day, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> they certainly are. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I'm trying to get back on track with everything. And my final tip, and this is something that I've picked up recently, is that um mushrooms can basically convert sunlight to vitamin d if you leave them in the sunshine so um do it during the sunniest part of the day leave them near a sunny window or ideally outside uncovered um, for about 20 minutes and it will increase the the vitamin d in the mushrooms um, massively and it's not affected by cooking or storage so they retain the vitamin d which is just that's incredible yeah I know so if you're you know, looking to save a bit of money on your vitamin d supplements because you are you know vegan or not you are recommended by the NHS to take vitamin d all year round in this country sadly because we get such little sunshine and we get out in the sunshine you know so little these days we're all inside working and watching Netflix and everything else (laughs) too much um so yeah I just think that's incredible so I keep I've been doing that um yeah so they they are my tips we've um got some really exciting guests coming up for series three from after Easter we've got um Dale Vince OBE who runs Forest Green Rovers a vegan football team and he's also the founder of um, a sustainable energy company Ecotricity 
We've got Simon Hill, who is like the king of podcasting. Um, his podcast is called Plant Proof. So I'm going to kind of be in awe of him and hopefully pick up some tips on how to be a better podcaster because I'm always trying to improve. <laughs> um, we are hoping to get Heather Mills on, which is very exciting. Wow. Yes. And athlete Lisa Gawthorne, who is incredible. So, yeah, loads and loads to look forward to. Please uh, keep listening and don't forget to leave us a review on the, your platform of choice. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear in the next season and what products you want us to review. Um, to finish off, I just thought we'd quickly mention that Seaspiracy, the, the kind of follow up to Cowspiracy, is now out on Netflix. So, have you watched it yet, Gabriella? So I haven't watched it. I have watched the trailer and it's on my list to watch. So Cowspiracy was the reason I did go vegan. I have to say I was sucked in by the documentary. I was already vegetarian. Well, I was already pescatarian um, and I watched Cowspiracy. And from that evening, anything that wasn't vegan in my fridge or cupboard was donated elsewhere um, and I have been vegan ever since so Cowspiracy for me was a really powerful vehicle in making me decide to go vegan um, from watching the trailer Seaspiracy looks just as impactful same sort of angle um, uncovering a lot of hidden uh, dark secrets I suppose within the industry um, so really intrigued to watch that definitely yeah have you seen it no I've seen the trailer as well I think it came out um well as we're recording it came out um just the previous day so it's literally only just launched um but yeah I I I must admit I do struggle with watching things that involve animals suffering and I remember talking to someone about this a few years ago and they said, well, you're vegan, you're converted, you don't need to watch it. However, in series one, I spoke to Juliette Galatly, who's the founder of um, vegan charity Viva. And she, I mean, she goes into factory farms, she's seen it all, and she's, you know, a real inspiration. And I said, you know, do us vegans need to watch these things? You know, we've we've given up fish. We don't we don't need to kind of keep watching all these, you know, horrible things that are going on. And she said, no, you do. You need to watch it. You need to watch it to remind yourself um, of why you're doing what you're doing. And you need to watch it to just so you can empower other people with your knowledge and, you know, share and encourage them to kind of watch these things. So. I'm going to sit down and force myself to watch it. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the education piece is really important. And I don't doubt that it's going to be a tough watch in the same way Cowspiracy was for me. Mm. I also think as well, you quite often questioned your reasons for being vegan if you meet somebody new or it comes up in conversation. And I always think just having that information in your head really helps you validate yourself while you're, while you're doing it. And, um, is always interesting to share that information with other people. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, people people still challenge me. My um, 18 year old nephew put me on the spot the other day. I just wasn't even thinking about. I can't remember what it was now. Oh, I um, they've his my sister's just moved house and they had 
Uh, I, I just dropped over some food for them, but I couldn't bring myself, you know, a lot of them are meat eaters, but I, I just don't buy meat by principle. So, yeah, you know, I wasn't going to go and buy them a load of meat sandwiches or anything like that. So I said, oh, it's all veggie stuff. I hope that's all right. And he said, oh, but it's, you know, this is all processed. And I said, yeah, I know, but at least, you know, it's not from um, animal suffering and um, it's, you know, it's better for the planet. And he kind of uh, launched into a uh, a spiel about how, um, you know, we need to farm animals for diversity and things like this. And it just, it just comes out of the blue. And it really, you know, even though I've been working, editing a vegan magazine, I host a vegan podcast, I've literally you know, interviewed so many people and have have so much knowledge. When someone puts you on the spot, sometimes you just kind of, you're just like so taken aback. <laughs> you don't have those facts to hand, do you? Definitely. And if it's something you're really passionate about as well, you want to, you want to do your argument justice, but you're also probably conscious there's an emotional element to to the reasons you do it as well and so yeah I think having that education piece to provide for people if they're interested or it comes up in conversation is useful so I'll definitely be giving it a watch for sure. Yeah I think a lot of um, friends I have I think you know could go vegan but they do love um, cheese is one thing and fish is often cited as another reason Um, and I mean, I'd say to anyone who kind of feels like that, don't don't let that stop you, you know, cutting out meat or cutting down on on, um, you know, animal products. You don't have to be either a meat eater or a vegan. You can just, um, you know, cut down a bit. But, um, yeah, I think fish is the kind of next thing that we all need to really um, consider as as a huge uh well, a huge problem. It's a problem for health. It's a problem for the planet. And, um, mm. you know, as we've seen a lot of articles coming out lately about uh, in the news about Scottish salmon farming and, you know, these fish really are suffering. And it's just, you know, do you want to eat diseased fish? I don't think so. Yeah, it's, it's really worth a watch. And I, I seem to remember, I mean, it was almost three years ago that I did watch Cowspiracy now, but it touched on fishing but not in any great detail. And at the time I decided to fully go vegan anyway, but um, I do feel like maybe I am missing some education around that and it would be nice to understand a bit more. Mm. Well, that brings us to the end of today's show. Thank you everybody for listening and supporting us through this series. We love all our listeners so much. Uh, please go and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Vegan Food and Living Magazine and on Instagram at uh, Simply Vegan Podcast. But before you go anywhere, stay tuned because next I'll be speaking to athlete and coach and speaker Kate Strong, who is an incredible, inspirational vegan. So yeah, stay with us and have a listen. I'm now joined by Kate Strong. She's a world champion triathlete, an executive leadership coach, a keynote speaker, a podcast host. Is there anything that you don't do, Kate? I'm, I think my mission in life is to find something I haven't done and do it. So not yet. <laughs> I mean, I have to start by asking, is Kate Strong your real name? Yes.
I, I was very strong. Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's fantastic. Everyone I've told that I'm, you know, about that I'm interviewing you has said, "Is that her real name?" You've got to ask her. So, yeah. So you were obviously born born this way. Um, have you always been so driven? I look back. It's always interesting when we look back on life, isn't it? I don't think I was. I had an element of always wanting to be my best or do my best, but I, I don't think I set myself up super high as high as I do now. But that that element of wanting to do my best was always present. Yeah. So, at what point did veganism come into your life? Um, so, yeah, it wasn't until I'd say late 2012, 2013 that I started to become acutely aware of my relationship with food and how I perceived it in one element, but it was doing completely the opposite. And it's funny because I look back and I, I was always very compassionate towards animals. I, I made some very strong, sustainable decisions, but I never linked what was on my plate to being what happens out there in the real world. Um, so it wasn't until it was in 2013 that I turned vegan or plant based and really started to link together all the little jigsaw pieces that we're all very familiar with. But yeah, so I was quite late to the game, but I'm really glad that I made the switch when I did. So what what was it that kind of changed your mind? What created that link? It was it was firstly for my health. So I had asthma and the more sport I did, so I started to run a lot more and I'd be wheezing, I'd be huffing and puffing. People would hear me from a block away and a few people I cared about, not not nutritionists, but people that I, I knew that looked after their lives and I saw them as conscious and positive individuals kept saying, you're eating too much dairy, cut out your milk, cut out your cheese and you'll run faster. And it just couldn't compute. So one day I just decided to go completely off all dairy and trial what they were saying because I was hearing this message too often. And within five days, I was running faster, like like five to 10 seconds per kilometre faster, like significantly. I felt better, my lungs, I was breathing deeper without that catch. Uh, And then the side effects, like my skin would clean up uh, I was sleeping better. My eyes started to go a little bluer as well. And I was going, um, I didn't have eczema or psoriasis, but my skin that was dry was was feeling healthier. Uh, and so I just went, gosh, you know, why aren't we treating our food as medicine? So I, that's where I started to explore. And um, yeah, and then again, the compassion for animals, re- re- realizing what I was eating, it, it all now compounds to a, a philosophy that I own as my sort of identity forever, really. It's incredible running faster after just five days of giving up dairy. I mean, just, yeah, just blows your mind, doesn't it? And I think yeah. a lot a lot of people kind of say, you know, they use the phrase, the expression, sort of going down a rabbit hole, don't they? So it's just one little spark and then you start to look into it and then suddenly you're opening that door and there's no going back. Yeah, completely. And um, I think that's something that, we, you know, us veteran vegans or veteran um, plant-based uh, athletes need to remember is it doesn't matter what that spark is doesn't matter why people start asking these questions just let people explore hold the space and just be happy we're on the journey rather than you know we're not doing it for the right reasons I don't care what the reasons are the results are the same so yeah give everyone that compassion that I gave myself at the beginning yeah is it a whole food plant-based diet that you now eat mostly I mean Eight, nine, eight years ago, it was a lot easier to be whole food because there wasn't any junk vegan food available. Yeah. <laughs> I do, I do. I'm not as whole food as I should be, but leading, like I've got two months before a world record attempt. I will be definitely being a bit more meticulous and cutting out the, the junk food for definite, for sure. 
it's so hard, isn't it? Because you, you go into the supermarket and it's all there and you're like, oh, well, I, you know, I owe it to myself and the vegan movement to try this new, you know, burger or whatever it is, <laughs> new cheese. And before you know it, you've got a fridge full of the stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And, and it's the texture, it's the memories, you know, like I, I'm, now we're getting into spring and summer, I'm looking at barbecues and it's hard not to buy those vegan sausages rather than just sticking with my you know, roasted red peppers. Yeah, it really is. So is veganism still a big driver for, for you? How does it impact the work that you do now? Well, I'm not, I don't educate people in how to become vegan. So I work with business leaders, but my entire philosophy and the mindset work that I do with them is about that conscious living. Everything we do has an impact somewhere else whether it's positive or negative. So by default, I do open up that by doing this impacts different communities, different species, etc. But I allow them the choice. So I, I make sure that I always give people options and it might take them six months or six years or 60 years. Uh, as long as they're planting the seed, then that's my, that's my mission really. So um, yeah, I work more on the mindset of philosophy rather than actually looking on the plate. But I think that has a deeper change as well. Yeah, definitely. So at the moment, you're training for the Limitless Challenge. Tell us about that. Wowzers. Well, I yeah, I don't know what I was eating at that time, um, <laughs> as in I must have been eating something special to come up with this crazy idea. But um, yeah, so to launch it, just to give the impact, the, to launch it as part of my training, I'm going to be cycling for on a static bicycle for 24 hours. And that's just part of the training. Wow. So the the limitless challenge is over 10 months where I'll be cycling 3000 miles from the coast to coast of America in a race called race across America. A few months after that, I'll be swimming the English channel, which is around 21 miles. And then I'll be moving to Nepal and training to summit Everest, which as we all know, is the highest peak in the world. Gosh, that's just insane. So all your trainings at home, because obviously here in the UK, we're only just coming out of lockdown, aren't we? Yeah, it's been in the spare room, looking outside a window. That's you know, nine hours a day on the bicycle. That's my view at the moment. Wow. Um, so I don't even have Netflix much either. <laughs> so what about the swimming? How are you training for that? I, I haven't been able to, unfortunately. So uh, a lot of visualization. Uh, I've been getting used to the temperature, so colder showers. I've been putting on weight, uh, thanks to vegan junk food, so Yay. I can get <laughs> ready for the cold water to stay in it for longer. Because the swim will take me hopefully around twelve hours. So that's how long I've got to immerse myself in eighteen degrees sea water. So yeah, so first of April will be the first time I touch the, the cold water, ready for next year. Right. Okay. So will you be practicing in the sea then? Because I know you, you're based in Bristol, aren't you? In the southwest. Yeah, there's a lake that I'll most probably go to. Um, but eventually, yeah, I need to get in the ocean because it's the current, <laughs> it's the salt water. There's so many variables. Uh, yeah. Making sure that I can drink and eat whilst in the water as well. It's, uh, it's a lot of moving components. The mind boggles. It really does. Eating and drinking as you're swimming the channel. <laughs> yeah 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 it, it just yeah I need to practice as well because I it's just like on the bike I, some solid foods I can eat but others I can't digest so I need to make sure I know what my body can actually process as well so yeah it's it's, um, it's a lot of fun 
that's all I can say. So you've got quite a full-on fitness um, training schedule at the moment. What do you eat then to support this in terms of, you know, plant-based diet? Well, at the moment, as much as I can. So I haven't felt hungry for, I'd say, six to eight months, which is a real strange phenomenon for me. So in the morning, it's a huge bowl of muesli with loads of, you know, nuts, seeds and berries. Uh, I've made a lot of snack foods as well, like oat, uh, little cookies, uh, coconut, actually coconut oil bombs, which is quite sweet. Again, it's just trying to give me that healthy um, fats to sort of bulk out. And my go-to meal at the moment is a lentil curry, uh, adding loads of different spices and veggies, because that's something I can really help me sort of take on the, the protein deficiency that I when I'm burning you know, 17,000 calories in 24 hours. That sort of really helps me bulk out and stay macro and micronutrient uh, replenished as well. Yeah. Do you use like apps and things to track them all or how do you how do you do that? I don't use apps for food. I weigh myself again leading up to races. I weigh myself every single day just to make sure there's not a massive fluctuation. Uh, I do wear it's called a wearable. So this measures my heart rate variability, my body temperature and my sleep. So I can see if I'm overtraining, I won't sleep as well. Or if I'm undertraining, uh, there won't be as much variability. Um, I also use an app to track my menstrual cycle because we, we women, we have an amazing ability of having a greater capacity at certain times of the month. So I'm now using our power of femininity to my advantage as well. So that's a really sort of exciting new aspect I've never done before. Yeah, that's it's so true, isn't it? Because mid-cycle, I'm like... I'm like superwoman. I can yeah. li- I can literally do anything, and then it just slowly goes downhill. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I'm trying to pe- peak at that mid cycle, so I can make sure I'm on the bike doing what I need to, rather than forcing myself on all I want to watch is a you know a movie on TV and have yeah. a duvet day. Yeah. So do are you do you use things like protein powders, supplements, superfood powders? I do some. I don't depend on them. So I do my best to find as much as I can from plant power. But I used, um, I do have omega-3 and vitamin B12, which I get from a, a vegan company called Omvits. I do have branched, um, I'm just learning these technical stuff because this is all new to me for this year, but branched chain amino acids and plant collagen as well. Because I am, I'm, I've just turned 42 so I'm also um, quite mature to this adventuring world for women. So I'm making sure I'm honouring the older woman's body as much as when I used to be quite youthful. Um, but those are the only supplements I really take. And it's more because of the extreme level I'm playing rather than because I'm deficient in uh, in daily foods. Yeah. So you don't sort of wake up and do the whole protein smoothie thing? No, no. I'm very much intuitive. I, I'm an ex-engineer, so I do love my processes, but my body knows my body better than anything. So why am I trying to logicalize something? If I feel like a certain food, nine times out of 10, I'm intuitively know I'm deficient and trying to find it. So I do let myself to, you know, to guide myself and have a bit of freestyle between the foods as well. Yeah, that's a really good tip. List just sort of listening to what, you know, when you're craving something, like you say, it's often that, you know, your body needs something that's in that food. Mm. So, I mean, how how did this all come about when did you get into you know sports and things I think it was around the same time that I became plant-based as well 
I um, I was in a relationship for a good nine years. We were just about to get married. And over the nine years, it had significantly deteriorated to being quite a toxic relationship. And I just wasn't happy. I didn't know I wasn't happy because I was always trying to put on that brave face for other people and whatever I thought my parents and my society wanted from me. Um, but he left me six days before our wedding. Uh, no reason, just sort of dis- disappeared. And um, it it was a huge wake up call where I needed to really look at my life and start taking responsibility for the, the shit I was living within, like the the, the failed marriage, the breakup of our business. Uh, I, I was really sort of quite miserable and realized it was my making. For the last nine years, I'd allowed myself to get to this tragic end, so to speak. And at the same time, I started to run because that was the only sort of exit I had from the relationship to get out of the house. He also used to track me. So if I left the house on my, his phone, he'd call me and go, where are you going? So running for me was my only sort of outlet to be able to have a bit of free time. And uh, I just decided to do something purely for myself. I didn't want to do a personal development course. I didn't want to you know, help grow my business. I just wanted to do something selfishly. And that's why I took up triathlon because I'd always had that dream of being an Ironman triathlete, yet was talked out of it by my, my partner. And that was just something I could do for me. So I just knew that I didn't want to aim just to finish. Neither did I want to be number one in the world, but I wanted to find my my level. And we can't do that unless we aim to be number one. You know, far too often I see us, you know, we, we aim for, we want to do a marathon, so we'll just enter a half. Or we, we'd love to see how fast we can go, but we're aiming for five hours. Well, how about aiming to be the best in the world? And we'll naturally find how fast we could run but if we aim for five hours, we're not going to go any faster, that's for sure. <laughs> so I, I aim to be the world champion. I aim to be number one in the world for no ego, but just to find out what's my capability. And, you know, by chance, I picked a great sport that matched my physiology. I, I was very driven. And you know, 14 months later, after a lot of blood, sweat and tears, I was actually age group world champion. So I did find my level for that day, which is magical. But, it, you know, I, I'm just really blessed for that journey. But it was purely out of just trying to find myself. Yeah, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. But obviously, you've really turned it around. And, you know, it's actually worked out incredibly for you. So yeah. well, you lived in Australia for a while, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I moved, I moved there with my, my now ex um, just to start a new life. We were looking to start businesses together, which is what, which I, which is what we did eventually. And how I describe it, I'm the girl born in a country born by dragons to to thrive in a land burnt by the dragons. So I seem to always sort of look for this sort of dragon symbology throughout whatever I've done. But I was always drawn to the sun and this sort of burnt desert land, which is always a sort of magical country in Australia. Yeah, I have a friend who always looks for the sign of a fox. So she's, you know, she's had quite a hard time lately. And um, she's actually the woman that sort of turned me vegan. um, And she's a really good friend of mine. So um, yeah, a little shout out to her. (laughs) You're obviously uh, kindred spirits. When you're sort of striving to be your best, you say, you know, it's, it's to sort of prove to yourself and ego isn't involved. Do you think veganism is involved? Do you kind of want to prove to people that, hey, I'm vegan, but look what I can do, you know, sort of um, doing away with that stereotype that, you know, vegans are kind of weak and 
skinny and pale and everything else. Yeah, I think I think so. I mean, I want to prove that women can do this. I want to prove that mature women can do this. I want to prove that we can all have a choice in what we do. And there is no reason to not try because of a certain justification. I don't want to live a reasonable life. I want to live a life. So why are we always sort of labeling people and capping our own potential? Because because we don't have our meat protein from a traditional meat source. So yeah, I think veganism and standing for a conscious way of living is definitely part of my driver and just getting people to question why are they cap- where are they capping themselves, but also how are you limiting other people from turning up as well? But yeah, that is that's a strong part of what I'm doing for. I went to um, Run Fest Run a couple of years ago and Fiona Oakes was talking there. And I mean, she's just, I don't know if you've ever, you know, seen her speak. I expect you have, but she's just sort of off the scale inspirational, isn't she? I mean, she's got one kneecap and this woman's ring, um, running ultra marathons and she's doing it all for the animals. She literally just lives and breathes. She runs her own sanctuary for anyone who doesn't know her Tower Hill stables. Um, and definitely look her up on Facebook and uh, donate because she's always rescuing these <laughs> these poor creatures. And she just it's all about the animals. She she started running because she she just wanted to have, you know, the vest saying vegan and be at the front and for people to see it and just to sort of get the word out there. So, yeah, inspirational. Yeah. I mean, we're very different, though. I don't know if you've noticed because I find her again, amazingly inspirational, but she does it only for the animals to her own detriment and sacrifice. Yeah. I sure I put myself first and then I look after others. But that, you know, it's like when we're on a flight, we always have to put our gas mask on first. So I make sure that my life is healthy, that I'm in the, I want to be the example to say, this is what you could also be doing slash thinking. And then I can give more afterwards. Yeah, definitely. It's very sensible. I don't think I could be running with one kneecap, that's for sure. No. No. <laughs> so for anyone that's new to veganism, perhaps, you know, they're into running, perhaps they're into fitness and they're thinking of switching over, perhaps inspired by, you know, yourself saying, you know, that giving up dairy just increased your running speed within five days. Um, what What advice would you give? I'd always advise to listen to yourself as I did, take a test on yourself. Stop reading people's opinions and news out there because there's news for every single aspect. There's you know, the fake news as well as valid, but it's very confusing. But just start noticing how your own body feels. Um, I noticed significantly by cutting out red meat and then all meats. The following day, I woke up fresher because I was sleeping better because I wasn't taking as long to uh, digest in my stomach so I could do harder and longer training sessions so anyone starting out just start listening to your body and also be gentle on ourselves if you if you make a mistake or if if you have a cheat day it's okay just remember that the long-term picture is is where you're heading and and keep working towards that that's great advice thank you I'd love to hear a bit but I'd love to hear your story as well about how you became vegan because we're both activists whether we embrace that topic or not and what helps you start this podcast and 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 things like that yeah well as I said my friend um who's uh, Kath Short she's a PT and I started training with her and she was vegan and really really fit um in her 40s 
And I've, you know, I've sort of had that interest in nutrition and she just kind of started, she just sort of like dropped little things into our session. You know, it's kind of a boot camp session with lots of girls, um, half six in the morning, crazy time. And you'd sort of go away and, you know, it, would, it sowed the seed. She then um, started running, she was running at the time, uh, nut- vegan nutrition courses, workshops. So I went along to that and everything just clicked and fell into place. This was about three years ago now. So not really that long ago, but since then, I mean, my whole life has changed. I, I um, was offered a job as editor of a vegan magazine. Um, sadly, that closed last year when COVID hit, but um now we're running a podcast so it's kind of gone to spoken word rather than written word and I work with vegan food and living magazine and um yeah it's just it's just been amazing I've been to you know all the shows I've actually I I used to have a huge fear of public speaking and obviously you're a complete expert in this um I mean if if you'd said to me four years ago that I would be hosting a podcast or would have been on a stage at um, the Plant Powered Expo with a microphone in my hand. I would have said, "No, you're you've got to be kidding." There's absolutely no way I would have done it. But finding my passion is what has helped me overcome that. Because if there's, you know, if there's one person that I can convert, because I know they they're going to feel amazing, their health is going to improve it's the best thing you can do for the planet and they're saving the lives of animals. It's, it just drives you, doesn't it? Yeah, completely. It's amazing when exactly when we've got a purpose or a goal bigger than ourselves, the small details of oh, what, what will someone think if I say the wrong word or stuff like that, it just doesn't matter. You know, we're there for a greater cause and it's, it's wonderful to hear that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't matter if I get like a heat rash on my chest or anything. It's it's mm. insignificant compared to sort of saving the lives of animals. So, yeah. Oh, it's been so nice to chat to you, Kate. Thank you so much for yeah. coming on. My pleasure. Um, sorry, I want to just say I'd love I'd love your listeners. I'd love you to join me as well because I'm live streaming the 24 hour world record cycling I'd love people to join me on, well, preferably a static bike for security reasons. But to find more details on katestrong.global slash world hyphen record, uh, I just want more and more people because the more cyclists that are there that are also vegan and new cyclists as well, we don't have to be there for the whole 24 hours, just for 20 minutes. It, It can only inspire other people to get curious as well. Definitely. We'd love to join you. I'll go and check that out in a minute. This has been such a lovely way to round off our second series of the Simply Vegan podcast. And um, we'll have to catch up with you soon, see how your training's going. Yeah, I'd love that. Thanks so much, Holly, for inviting me. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Simply Vegan podcast. We have a new episode out every Tuesday morning, UK time. So we'll see you next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.